well We shook what our mamas gave us Till we couldn't shake no more We got down on our knees When cancer knocked at our door We got kicked in the ass We gave lots of sass But when it rains it falls Into this half full glass Oh, thanks cancer Thanks cancer Thanks cancer Victories in the dark you're listening to Thanks Cancer. I'm Mimi Hall. I'm Leanna House. We're two cancer friends. We are not doctors. No, and we're not shrinks. We're not nurses or anything like it. And because of that, we are going to use some appropriately obscene language. Let's just call it salty. Anyway, we hope you'll enjoy it. This is the podcast we wish we had when we were dealing with our treatment. All right, so Leanna went to a conference this weekend so talk to us about what the conference was about liana so a conference put on by dana farber um about dating and sexuality post treatment Uh. i know (laughs) it's a little bit of a letdown (laughs) it's a little bit of both well the funny thing is uh i work at dana farber right as you know so i knew the doctor who was putting this on Slightly awkward. uh, Well, beforehand, I talked to him about it. And I said, if you won't make it weird, I won't make it weird. Was it weird? And he's like, let's not make it weird. No, it wasn't weird at all. It's not weird. It's not weird. No. Um, I mean, dating conference is like weird. Right. And it was amazing. So how many people were there? Uh, A dozen, two dozen Oh, that's small. Yeah, it was it was a small group, but um, my big takeaway from it actually is the dating post cancer problems are the dating problems. Maybe magnified a little. Yes, right. Yes, magnified. Right. Like you have different baggage. You have fun, exciting floral baggage, and everyone else has like you know solid colors. It's just it's a more exotic breed of dating problems but it's basically in the end the same thing but just sort of magnified a little bit yes that is correct yeah so um but it was really great it was good to talk about some of the tools you can use and things to think about post-treatment and with dating and how to how to really figure that out and my favorite part of the conference was at the end we had questions and people had questions and everyone wrote their question on a piece of paper and uh, the doctors running it said that there were really just two questions everyone's question was two questions what were they the first question was how do i tell someone that i'm dating right like when to disclose and how to disclose right and I raised my hand because I have the best worst way to tell someone. Oh, how? (laughs) So I started dating pretty soon after my mastectomy um, when I had a tissue expander in. Okay. Which is not like an implant. It's like a hockey puck. It's very, it's hard. Yeah. So I started dating when I had that hard thing inside of me and I... I mean, I I told some guys, and I told some people on the first date, it was usually when they asked a question that I would have to lie in order to, like, hide the cancer. Right. I would disclose that I had cancer. Right. 
And so one guy, it was our first date, and he came to my neighborhood on his motorcycle, super cute, Mm -hmm. super cute with his leather jacket and everything. And uh, we had a drink and an appetizer outside. And when he asked that question, I think it was about why I had cut my hair off. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, well, just so you know, I had cancer, like it's over now, but this is what happened. And like, we don't have to talk about it because it's depressing. So, I mean, cancer is depressing. Right. I'm not depressed, but uh, so if you don't want to talk about it, that's totally fine. And he's like, I think, I think I will. Can I, can I ask questions? I'm like, sure. He's like, can I, like, which, which one? Now I'm just thinking about like, which breast you had cut off. And he was like, but I can't, I can't look. I'm like, oh, did I, did I make looking at my breasts weird for you? Like that obviously is not that right? is not very nice of me to do on a first Obviously, it would too, right? Like if he had so, done it, if one of his balls cut off, you right. might look down at his pockets too. I mean, too. May, I, you might. I it's mean, natural. there's nothing wrong with looking at my breasts. Um, but I said, okay, look, and I slammed my hand down on the table. I'm like, if you can guess which one it is, I will buy your drink. And he. He, like, took it super seriously. Did he get it right? <laughs> yes! Good he got it him. right. Good for him. Um, but then I never saw him again. Okay. So I'm thinking that is not the way to tell someone. But that is, like, one of the best dating stories <laughs> that he has. I have to tell you, like, that's oh worth God. the comedy but, that he gets. Like, but I am the crazy Jesus. girl. No, you were the... You were the you were the mastectomy girl. You'll forever be the mastectomy girl. His friends will always be like, remember the mastectomy girl? <laughs> Hey, he when got. He's like, I'm going back on that. He, he'll be like, remember the mastectomy girl. He got a free drink or two, two drinks and an appetizer. Yeah, you got one fake tit, one natural tit. How many guys knowingly get to do that? You're welcome, motorcycle man. Yeah, right, motorcycle man. You like an adventure, motorcycle man? Here's he, one. He did not want an adventure. He was up in, for enough of an adventure with the motorcycle, but he wasn't up for you. So that is not maybe how you tell. That was not how I should have told him. Right. I, I tell you that much. It's hard to know when to tell someone, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I dated someone who had cancer. Um, and I was, I think, the first person that they dated after having cancer. But I don't remember how they told me. I don't know if I reacted well or not. I don't think I reacted. Let me just say this. I have a very different viewpoint of that person's experience now than I did then. I I actually minimized it. It didn't seem to matter too much to me. I think I was so young. We were so young that I didn't quite know how to incorporate it. And, you know, the relationship never got too serious either. So that, you know, also allowed me to stay aloof. And I think also... I mean, to be honest, I think I was, and I think so many people are so self-absorbed in your early 20s that yeah. it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. But I do think that for the person who has the baggage, it, you you have a much more heavier feeling than the person who's receiving the news. Right. Well, it's like Sarah talked about. She she felt like, oh, I'm I'm broke. I'm defective. Like I'm you have somehow. you have those kinds of feelings as you're dating anyway. That's true. And then it's magnified by, like, you're actually a little bit defective with your cancer. Well, I think, too, though, I mean, let's face facts. Like, so, I mean, here's the thing. Like, things change because of treatment. I mean, one of the things that changes is your body. Like, I went from someone who had a teeny little scar from some stitches that I'd had when I was five years old to now, you know, I you can barely see them, but I do have scars from my bilateral mastectomy. And, 
you know, I, I talked about getting them lasered to my plastic surgeon because I would love to have them be gone. But he's like, no, no, no. They yeah. look really good. Let them chill out. And it's, you know, it's part of, it is it is a reminder. And it is yeah. there. And you do have to deal with it. I mean, it it looks, it's a, you know, I mean, women who've had breast reductions have just similar scars. They have to explain right. it too. But it's right. something that needs to be explained before you go to second base all the way. Yeah. Well, and there are some cancers where I don't think you have to disclose in the same way as like right. a lot of the blood cancers. Right. But testicular cancer, breast cancer, right. any kind of cancer that involves an amputation of some sort or right. reconstruction. Right. Like you're going to have to explain your scars. At um, some point. At some point. Right. I mean, and it depends on how fast you go with that person, how comfortable you feel with them. Mm-hmm. But it definitely might change from the way you were before when your body was not scarred and you had nothing to disclose beforehand except you know the the quote-unquote normal stuff right so i know that you went through a breakup during this experience i went through a breakup you went through a breakup it's common to go through breakups yeah a huge percentage and i meant to look this up before the pod but i didn't um there's actually a ridiculous percentage of relationships break up during uh, cancer treatment. And one of my mentors, um, Mrs. Tolan, my art teacher from my high school, um, whom I loved, um, went through a breakup with her husband when she was going through cancer treatment and um, was alone when she died. And that was definitely- heartbreaking. Right, but it's not rare, actually. Yeah. Um, And I think it's because well, we've talked, you know, it's a hard event. It's it is. A, it's like the hardest event. You're facing death. And it's the hardest event that you're facing as a couple. And maybe it's the first event like this that you're facing as a couple. And it's a, and it's a situation where everyone's completely out of control. Mm-hmm. You've really just given up any sort of control. Well, and you're like open wounds, yeah. right? Everyone's an open wound and no one can protect anyone else. Well, and any stress fractures that you've had in the relationship suddenly become really clear. So things weren't going great with my boyfriend um, before he found the lump in my breast. And he found the lump in my breast, and I will forever be grateful for that. Um, But pretty much it was like the next day I was like, we have to break up. Wow. And so, yeah, I just knew I couldn't. Well, I was launching a big project, and I knew I was going to be going through at least a series of mammograms and ultrasounds. I It was that big that I knew, like, this is going to be major. And I also had been having a suspicion that I wasn't well. I had a an unwell feeling for about six months at that point, where I was really weirdly tired and, like, crackling energy and, like, really dark. So I knew something was wrong. And so when he found it, I was like, oh, I know. And... Um, that night I couldn't sleep after he found it. I just couldn't sleep. I went into my guest bedroom, which I'd almost never done. And I just decided at like 5am and he came into the guest bedroom. He's like, come back to bed. And I was like, you know what? I got to call this. And I broke up with him. Like immediately after diagnosis. Like Like I hadn't even gone to the doctor. No, I didn't have a diagnosis yet. I just knew there was a lump. I felt the lump for the first time. And I was like, I can't, the relationship was starting to break apart, you know, and I just, and I was so tired. I was so out of it. I was just, I wasn't in my right place. I had cancer and I was launching this huge project I've been working on for 12 years. That really mattered a lot to me at the time. And I just knew, I was like, I can't handle all of it. I just have to just stop this. So I I did, we broke up um, and pretty clean break. 
and I moved on and then we reconnected right before my surgery sort of as friends we went out for a lunch I still felt love for him I really felt it had gotten stopped like too quickly right. and I really think that was true too I do think it had gotten stopped too quickly and so so would you recommend breaking up in the immediate aftermath of your freak out of diagnosis well no it goes on we got back together oh yeah we got back together he was really there for me after the surgery and I felt it I was so and I actually wondered I was like did cancer cause this breakup because I feel like better now I did I felt better immediately after surgery like when when the cancer's removed you can feel a lot better immediately and um and he was just really there for me in like a really weak moment when like I'm like covered in bandages and whatnot and so we gave it another go for like another I think it was like six months and then it broke apart again and it was hard. It was really, really hard because I was still going through treatment at that point. And I just knew it wasn't right. And it sucked. And it was hard. It was harder than probably any other breakup that I'd gone through. And I think typically, just to be honest, I've rebounded by um, just maybe being with another guy, doing a little palate cleanser, something like that. I, I was not in a place to do that <laughs> at all. I, you know, I... You were in the middle of it. Yeah, I was in the middle of it. I could not use my normal strategies, which was very revealing and healthy in a growth way, but it hurt like the hell. It hurt a lot. Well, and a lot of the reason that relationships break apart is because you change all at once. Yeah. When you have something like a cancer diagnosis. It's such a dramatic change. And physically, too. You know what I mean? Like, you might suddenly start gaining weight through... It's no fault of your own. It's the medicine you're taking. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, someone who's very physically fit and who relates to being that way and your partner relates to you being that way, it can be really hard. Yeah. That's another physical change, you know? And then also sex during chemotherapy can be really horrifying. It hurts. And it's not, it's not even something you necessarily want, especially if you're going through hormonal therapies. Yeah. Well, chemotherapy just screws with any cells that produce, reproduce rapidly, right? Mm -hmm. So that's all of your fun cells. That's like the right. skin that feels things. That is, you know, your taste buds. And that is also your um, vaginal tissue. I didn't even want sex during that time, though. Like, so, honestly, I was just, I felt so sticky and awful and just, like, I, I just, I didn't feel beautiful. I mean, my boyfriend would tell me I was beautiful, which is wonderful credit to him. I mean, he was really supportive and great, but, like, I didn't mirror that. I mean, even though he was lovely, I, I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't feel anything. So you don't, you don't feel sexy. There is nothing sexy about cancer treatment. Like, there just isn't. No. Like, unless you're attracted to heroin chic. But it doesn't matter. It's like, it is, it's like you're just, like, even just someone touching you can hurt sometimes when you're in the midst of some intense treatment. Well, and you can find other ways to, you know, experience intimacy or closeness or... Yeah, like, one of the things, like, I found really fun to do with my boyfriend at the time um, was to do, like just like walking trips like walks on the beach and stuff like that you know what i mean it was really like right. 
it was a really nice baby swan. I mean, I think if you're in a good relationship, it could be a really wonderful bonding experience in a non-sexual way, or maybe even in a sexual way, if things are that good with you and you can liven up that chemistry. I don't know. I can't imagine that though. Well, and I heard um, through radiation that coconut oil is what is recommended. Yeah, we heard that in our... Okay, and um, I think it can be useful, but not useful enough. And I ruined some good sheets that way. Yeah, that's the thing with that stuff. I mean, they talk about it like you're going to be in a rubber room or something. I mean, that sounds really dangerous to me, bringing coconut oil into the bedroom around fine linens. It's not. I won't do it again, probably. Right. Now, one of the things Maybe in a rubber room. One of the things that was recommended to us was hyaluronic um, acid. They're like hyaluronic gel strips that you can use. And these are convenient during um, chemo-induced menopause or just menopause in general. You can find them on Amazon and they're like, they're these hyaluronic acid, um, which is the stuff you get injected in your face um, for collagen or your knees if there's an issue there. Um and that was recommended to us in the Facing Forward group that yeah. we were at. Well, and at the event that I went to, like, the takeaway of the of the sex doctor yeah. was these things are temporary or we can do a lot to fix them. Right. So I think, I think most of the sexual side of, I mean, not dating, because dating is just a that's a mind thing that's a that's a mind thing in addition to being a physical thing but it's um it's also a mind thing right but the but the sex is something that it's either going to be temporary or if it isn't temporary you can do a lot to make it better right like there's a lot of um things you can try or treatments or i think what freaked me out and i remember you were there when i talked about this in the group and felt really awkward about that conversation (laughs) i worried i'd never gone that long without sex in my life like i'd never been broken up with someone that long like i've been a serial monogamous so i've gone from one did you think you would remember i thought like my vagina had like sealed up like i worried remember i said i was so i don't know if you were there i was like i worried that i would break and so what they did was, it was so funny. She was like, to comfort me, she was like, no worries. You shouldn't try this with a man or a partner the first time. You should try it with these. And then she opened up this suitcase of varying Oh my God, dildos. yes. What are they? Yes. Are they like stretchers. So, so. Stretchers. And it was so mortifying. And I was like, <laughs> what did I open up? And I felt so bad that I'd done that to the group. And they were all in colors of the rainbow. And they went up to such a huge size. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it went from like you, teeny little, teeny little okay, size to so, big size. It was so horrifying. They passed them around and they made us all look at them, and, and I felt so and, bad. And touch them. I felt. So Are they display or are they used? Okay, I okay. Decided. Can I wait? Can I just say? I decided yes. the moment she opened up that suitcase of things, expander things, that I was never going to do that to deal with my problem. <laughs> I was never going to do that. That looked so scary. And I never wanted to buy that stuff. And I, okay. I would never so, do that. So here's the thing. In your, in your 2.0, when you are reconstructed, yeah. sometimes things aren't reconstructed like you knew them before. Right? Right. Right. And sometimes you just are not as big as you were. 
Which is a good thing, right? Well, listen, women pay a lot of money for rejuvenation. Right. So we got rejuvenated for free. Thanks, chemo. Right. Thanks, chemo. Um, But a lot of women do have to, like, ease their way back into it. And I would like to say that during the better times of medical treatment, women with hysteria were treated by manual stimulation to orgasm. So... Fair. I wonder if it was covered by health insurance. <laughs> don't think they had that yieldy times. Okay, I mean, they don't do along. that anymore, but they will show you graduated dildos. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. So um, on with rebirth. So I dated a lot. Well, I dated some. You dove back into it. I know. Maybe, well, maybe I should have. Well, you're also younger than me. I mean, you're... You're 10 years younger than me, so it's going to be a little different for you. Your demographic is a little bit more like yes. hummingbirds. So I have, so my rule when I'm dating is that if I have a conversation where to answer a question without disclosing cancer would be a lie, I disclose cancer. Mm. Um, and I've gotten like a wide variety of reactions to that. Uh, most people are very cool because, I mean, they know eight people that have had cancer and they'll tell you all about it the probably the weirdest for me was i went out with a guy and i i didn't talk about it because i wasn't i mean it didn't really come up and he wasn't he, he wasn't my my kind of person you didn't feel like sharing that gift right of the story with him right, right. but when i said goodbye he had looked me up online which was totally fine but he was like, I know that you've been through a lot. Oh, And like, ew. as we were saying goodbye, he like wanted to talk about it. And I'm like, wow. Okay. No. Maybe on a few levels. No. You know what? I know. Listen, I know we might all Google each other, but why do we have to reference it in dating? Like, I don't appreciate it. Yeah. Like, if you Google someone, can you just keep it on the down low, whether you have cancer or not? I don't care what your situation is. Like, no, this has happened to me. We're like, I, I have Googled the person. They've Googled me. Usually I have a lot more on my Google than they do. Tim. Just saying. <laughs> and then You make like, sure that they're not like a serial killer well, right. or a Russian bot. I see how much of their house they own. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I go to the real estate files. It's so if records. you own a hundred percent of your house. I know if you refinance, that's all I can say. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that is it's what I'm going to say. No, I mean, I've done fundraising. I know how to do things. But, um, okay, so don't. So anyway, but no, no, no. I'm just saying, don't say it on the date. Like, this is just a public service announcement. Like, if you've Googled someone, don't be like, so I've Googled you and I see that you blah, 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 blah. It's like, no. Anyway, so yeah, that that's, I don't love that. And I, that's horrifying your story. Yes, I, <laughs> that that was somewhat horrifying. But other than that, it's been, I mean, mostly fun. So, okay. So, so I, let's see, I took that huge break. I didn't feel anything. Suddenly the, I think it was the side effects of the tax all wore off. Yeah. Cause I was. And all through chemo you're gonna feel bloated yeah i didn't feel great and i I was working out really hard and then and then through i just want to have a plug because through radiation like radiation (sighs) is like getting a horrible sunburn and every Every day day. you still have to go back out onto the beach into the sun so 
I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want to lay down. I didn't want to sit down. I didn't want anything to be on. It was... You wanted to just be out of your skin. Right. So a lot lot of cancer is not conducive to either dating or physical intimacy. Right. And so both of us had breast cancer, too. And I wanted to be all sealed up and finished, too. Just, you know, like, sealed up and finished. Like... Like, and you need to feel that way in yourself and your body first, because you're the baseline first. So that took a while. So I finished my, I got my final Herceptin treatment in March and he was probably around like, like it was like June that I started to be interested in dating again. I just started to be interested. And then it was around... August that I decided I'm going to try online dating for the first time. I'd never done that. So first time online dating, first time, first online time dating. dating after cancer, first time dating after cancer, first, first, first. So I decided I'm going to do that. Um, so I did that and it was very successful. Like within the first weekend, I got a lot of responses, including the guy who I'm with now. Hey. And yeah, I went on and, um, so it was interesting. So I wondered how I was going to tell someone and I was just like throwing myself in there. So the first date I went on, I did not tell the guy. It did not come up. But the second date I went on was with my current boyfriend, Scott. And, um, he, interestingly enough, sells medical devices for heart surgery. Hey. And I have a necklace that I wear around my neck that tells people that I have dextrocardia. So what that means is that my heart is backwards and it's on the other side of my body. And I found this out. You are a weirdo. I'm a weirdo. It's like one in 20,000. I always knew I was weird. And I found out through getting breast cancer because they had to do a chest x-ray for the first time in my life. It was directly under the breast that had cancer. And they were like, hey, what's the heart doing over here and backwards? So we'd gone on a date. Um, we had this fantastic date at Fenway Park. We were like the second row back in Fenway Park, right next to the dugout. It was pouring rain, unfortunately. We went to this fabulous bar, Eastern Standard, afterwards. Had a couple of fantastic cocktails. And he's like, what's this necklace you're wearing around your neck? And I said, oh, and I was like, okay, this is a little twofer. Little two for here. I can figure out if he really knows his stuff. If he's like yeah. actually this fellow who knows, you know, hard equipment as he says he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I was like, so I was like, so I have dextrocardia, and he was like, oh, how did you find that out? Your heart's in the eye. I was like, oh, check. And I was like, well, I had breast cancer, and he was like, oh, when was that? You know, and he didn't he didn't flinch, and he was he was cool about it. And you know, we talked about it. I was like, yeah, I had reconstructive surgery, and da da da. And he was great. You know, he was he was totally great about it and he wasn't afraid. And it turned out he'd had open heart surgery himself and um, had been through it. And it's been great. It's been great ever since. And I mean, it's it's something definitely that we're aware of and we talk about it and he can deal with my dark humor because he has his own dark humor. You yeah. know what I mean? And um, so far, so good. Um, I'd say that my taste in men has really changed. Um because you've changed. I think I've changed. Um, I will tell you my friends and family are very happy about the changes. They love him. Mm. He has a lot of fans. Um, sometimes I'm almost like, okay, chill out. I am one of his fans. But he has lots of fans. And that is he not always been the case. Right. He feeds me. Right. He feeds, yes, he's a, he's a giver. He's a real giver. Um, 
I really adore him, as does everyone else. And that hasn't always been the case. Um, I've definitely been with other people who are more like receivers. And that's cool. But my taste has changed. And I actually don't think that I attract the same types of men. Because I will tell you, I think the men that have been attracted to me in the past were attracted to sort of my perfectionism. And I fed into that too. I certainly sold that to them too. I was selling that. So there were buyers, right? And I was um, into that perfectionism. And I think now I encounter men like that still, of course, in my day-to-day life. But um, that attraction loop is broken a little bit with the classic narcissist because there's a reality and a heartbreaking quality and a vulnerability to me now that didn't exist before that breaks the attraction loop with someone who's a classic narcissist. So um, I in, I'm really enjoying being with someone who's not like that for a change. That sounds like an inflection point. Yeah, it's been really good. And, um, you know, I feel like I can really relax back into this relationship in a way that I've never been able to before. Because I've also had to approach it with such an honesty myself and with that lack of shell and perfectionism that I was previously able to give with my, you know, what really was a perfect body. You don't realize you have a perfect body until you have to present yourself in your sexual way with, you know, new new breasts that, that do look hot but kind of, you know, they're Barbie. not yours. They're just like, yeah. they're a little tacked on. You know what right. I mean? it's kind of fun like it's sort of fun to play with that and feel a little barbie like um you do look very barbie thank you i enjoy it like i enjoy it and you have no sag i mean that's gone sagging is a thing of the past so what are our protocols what are our thanks cancer protocols oh man (sighs) okay so here's what i have to say own your story and think about your story and if you're dating come up with a with like a few stories of ways of entry to talking about this that might feel comfortable for you maybe even practice it in a mirror or practice it with a really close friend if you're dating cuz yeah. it might help i th- i think so because you're going to have to tell your story one way or i mean and this is not exclusive to cancer like you're always presenting yourself you're always telling your story but now you have something that's a little more vulnerable a little more challenging to talk about and so being able to figure out what you're going to say how you're going to say it and practicing i think that's a great idea yeah i would say like the doctor said at my event if things are not great during treatment sexually or dating wise or whatever it is like this is temporary take the pressure off and there are things that you can do to make it better Another thing that we heard about during our Facing Forward um, somewhat embarrassing sexuality (laughs) session, (laughs) Um, it was reinforcing this idea of a 2.0 and then you'll find new sensations. Do you know what I mean? So one of the things that's going to happen is that you're going to lose sensation in your breasts if you're getting a mastectomy. Or any kind of scarring. Like scar tissue doesn't have the same feeling. Right. But one thing I will say is, much like a blind person or a deaf person, 
you may find that sensations have increased elsewhere. So be open to that and enjoy that if and it happens for you. Finding those new sensations will be a fun adventure. Exactly. And also really think about it, you know, get some sexy lingerie. That can really, really help. You need to be all the way back in your body. Like yeah. you need to be in your body for you. I would suggest exercise, 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 which I probably do every podcast. I'm stretching, stretching, (laughs) stretching, and eating well. But listen, those are all the things that make you feel sexy, whether you're completely well or you're recovering from cancer. But I do think, as you and I were just saying, you have to work 300 times as hard after cancer if you want to look really, really hot. It's hard. It's hard work, but it's so worth it because it's actually just like taking away all of those layers of stuff that you went through over the past few years. Yeah. And it's an important part of healing, getting back into your body, getting back into what you want to be doing, trusting your body again, loving your body again. And rejuvenating. And rejuvenating. Like we said. And the rejuvenation is one of the things we have to say thanks to. So thanks, Cancer. (laughs) Thanks, Mimi. Thanks, Leanna. (laughs) Hey, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Thanks, Cancer. If you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook at Thanks Cancer, on Instagram as Thanks Cancer, and on Twitter as, guess what? Thanks Cancer. And if you enjoyed today's episode and you're so inclined, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And subscribe. Yeah, definitely subscribe. And listen, we want to hear your stories too, so please reach out to us at info at thanksCancer.com if you have something to share. traffic stopped you lay on the horn and you ask yourself where is my cancer unicorn but we're at the gate with your cancer card we're your passport date cause cancer's damn hard oh thanks cancer thanks cancer thanks cancer victories in the dark